people of earth welcome back to fourth cut reviews the only podcast in the world where we talk about movies <laughs> just kidding no i am your host ej leeson and with me today is my co-host my dude my little apple scrapple baby boy chris conforti how you doing buddy i'm doing great how about yourself I'm doing wonderful. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. This is a movie you recommended. It's a 1949 film, which is really funny because this is probably the oldest movie we're doing, right? Like that we've done, for sure. A lot of stuff that we've been doing has, like, falls along the lines of, like, the last 20 years or so. You know what I mean? Or last, you know. Well, I guess, like, I maybe Home Alone. No, not Home Alone. What's that movie? Uh, Deadly Games. That was like Deadly 89. Games was eighty nine or ninety. I think that was the oldest one that we've done so far. Yeah. So pretty interesting, you know. Um, but this is definitely the oldest movie we've done now, nineteen forty nine. And the name of the movie. It happens every spring. You can find this on Amazon Prime if you want to check it out. Um, it's a really cool movie. Um, and Chris, you want to tell us uh, how you came across this movie and the premise and stuff? So I had came across this movie kind of randomly. And I was at work and my father had brought up a movie that my grandmother used to watch all the time. And I had never seen it. But if you had known my grandmother before she passed away, she has seen more movies than anybody I know probably combined she's she's literally has like seen them all and typically if she's liked it that much to keep revisiting it i was like well that has to be a movie that i have to see so i watched it on a saturday and this is how i can always tell if it's like a good movie or not for me is it's that time it's a time when you wake up at like 6 a.m in the morning and you go, you know, I'm just going to put on something, you know, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to put on something that way I could fall asleep to. It's kind of be like that background ambiance. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. And of course I did that. I was like, I'll watch 10 minutes of it. And I'll probably just watch it again. I could not go to sleep. I was so entertained by this movie. And so first off you have to know, and I know you're the same way. Older movies do not bother me. I love older movies. There's such a, especially when you talk about like the the late 40s, there's such a charm to those movies that like are not duplicated anymore. So that, yeah, I remember I immediately, I texted you about it like a long time ago and I was like, yeah, maybe we should do this. And, you know, we never got around to it. I never watched it and just kind of like fell off the face of the earth. And I finally got around to it. And the second I was done with it, I was like, dude, we need to do this movie. I don't know if we're going to get any listens from it because no, probably I'm doubting that there's many people that are listening to this that have seen this movie. But 
I hope it All convinces right. them to do just that and to actually go out like this is our most of our goals is, you know, to convince people to see these movies, whether we like them or not. Right. Yeah. And, and I so, yeah, so basically for the audience at home, the plot of the movie is the scientist discovers a formula that makes a baseball and it's re- like which can be repelled by wood. So he sets out to exploit his discovery and joins like a major league baseball team. Which is a second love. And, uh, maybe even his first love. Yeah, because he loves it. Yeah, maybe even more than science, he might actually love uh, baseball more. So he, he sets out to be a baseball player, and sure enough, he becomes like one of the best pitchers of that season. Now, uh, with that being said, yeah, Chris, the opening song for this slaps. Like, I love it. <laughs> Like, it has its own theme song, like, it happens every spring. And I'm like, okay. Immediately as that started, I was like, I'm feeling this movie. Like, I love I love when movies have their own That's theme consistently song, you know played, I mean? too, throughout it. Yeah, I'm with you. Right. And I don't know why, but old school acting um, is my favorite. Like, the fast delivery of lines. They're, like, so fast talking. And it just cracks me up. And that's basically this whole movie. It's like all this exposition that they try to fit into their lines. Like one line in particular, he's like, he's only young Joe. He should have had his PhD years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what? Yeah. The hell? But I do find that charming. And I love that in old school acting. And so you find that throughout this whole movie, like everybody talks that way, except maybe the love interest. Yeah. But the professor talks that way. Everyone around him, the catcher, everyone in the baseball league, they just talk like super fast. And it's kind the of The professor is such um, a good actor in this too. Oh my God. He gave me such like George, George Reeve vibes. Like the original yeah. Superman. Yeah. Like, plus he wore the glasses and stuff and he kind of looks like him. But I don't know why. Every time I was like watching this, I was like just thinking, "Oh, George Reeve." But it wasn't George Reeve at all. So, like you know the first I mean? time that he um, finds like this, or Christopher Reeve. Yeah, Christopher. Sorry. Like the first time that he gets this formula, and like he's pitching to like the college, like the college uh, baseball players, and they're like they're like homering him like left and right. I <laughs> think he just like he yeah. The first time he does this and. So if you watch this movie, you have to like really pay attention to like we're not doing it justice by how re- how funny it looks when he pitches it because it's like it'll go for like like the way he's pitching it, it'll like he'll throw it and it'll be like a strike and like the guy will be like trying to swing the bat but the ball will just go up over and into the catcher's glove. Yeah. Like, yeah. And for the, the time being of the like special effects for like 1949, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. You know, I, I thought I was impressed by it. I was you know? too. And you know what? Like the one thing that like really stands out to me, and this is the first time we get to talk about this because we haven't really talked about movies from the 1940s at all. And that's just the charm of not only the acting, but all the backgrounds, like even just the stadiums, the stadiums, there's just like such a, such a 
charm that you don't see in movies these days in terms of like the acting yeah. in terms of like the background the the way things are done um i love that he's never found out i think that that is the the best thing that they could have possibly have done because if this movie was made today they would have had a scene about how he got found out he was cheating and he had to like have to have a big thing where he apologized and yeah yeah no it kind of um placates yeah no you're right like i i definitely i see that was one thing that i was like oh i you know never no one ever finds out that he was like cheating you know the whole time but at the same time you're right it's different because uh most movies would address that or try to you know show like a character have like the growth of doing something wrong and then learning from it and then you know readjusting to do the right thing but they don't do that in this movie so it's kind of like i can see where some uh, that might fall flat for some people or it might like really hit like oh that's kind of cool you know what i mean so and it's different. It's definitely different. So that's cool. That's know? the thing I loved about it is I just sometimes you don't have to do that. Like you don't have to take that route that they always take now. You can you can have it where you can just say, hey, here's my character. He's very likable. This is his one shot to do this. And he does it and he pitches at the highest level and he's not found uh, out about it. Yeah. Um. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but I, I kind of, you know, I was like, oh, I kind of want to look up the director and the writers and stuff. Now, the, uh, the director directed, like, a ton of movies, but nothing to, like, this was definitely his hit, right? Yeah. But, like... Nominated um, for writing? Yeah. Um, so, the writing, though, however, of Valentine Davies, very famous writer, he wrote a miracle on 34th street. Okay. Like the original a miracle on 34th street. Marina so like, yeah. And so, yeah, the writing and then knowing that like after the afterwards, I was like, Oh, you could definitely pick up the vibes. Like this person, Valentine Davies who wrote this definitely has like a, you know, a wholesome storytelling style, you know? Yeah. And so it, it really comes through with this and I'm, I'm actually I kind of want to check out more of the movies that he wrote uh, Valentine Davies and check it out you know but the director himself I think it was Lloyd Bacon he didn't really like this was his hit movie you know what I mean but yeah like a good hit to have yeah no it's a good good hit to have now now with that being said yeah all the performances are really good I thought the catcher being his best buddy and really taking to him pretty quick. I like that relationship a lot. And yeah, I thought the professor was just an awesome Kelly. Kelly being like a great character. And he was doing like the Superman thing too, where he had like the glasses on and like glasses off, you know? <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Did did it make you wish that you got to see an old fashioned nineteen forties ball game? Oh my god, yeah. Like with yeah, no watching tire. Uh, like what is there's like a part of me that like I'm watching this and I'm like, man, like it would have been amazing just to go back and watch a Babe Ruth game. Even if he went 0 for four, just to see it. 
just to be in that like that yeah. spectacle because I feel like there's only like two places now that you might even somewhat get that and that's probably Fenway Park and Wrigley Fields and for those of you listening this actually was filmed in Wrigley Field but not that Wrigley Fields <laughs> a different Wrigley right. Field but um, so yeah, something no, else I thought that was I... interesting for this year if if you notice the teams are only referred to by their city names. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did notice. Yeah, and even, you know, under jerseys and stuff, it, ju- it would just have, like, St. Louis, you know. Um, so from what I've so I thought been that was told, kind of cool, too. Yeah, from what I've been told, it's because the baseball commissioner refused to give them credence to do it because it was an, it was cheating, essentially, is what was happening. So he wouldn't allow them to use the baseball names. Keep in mind, this right. is only a couple... I mean, when was Shoeless Joe Jackson? That was... Plus, they're coming up of that right. scandal, even if it was years before that. That was a... You know, that whole... What was that? The 1918 Black Sox, I think it was? I could be wrong. White Sox, yeah. The White Sox, yeah. I'm sorry. Not right. the Black Sox. Yeah, it's the White Sox. I think it was 1918, wasn't yeah. it? Maybe it was 1919. No, I thought it was the Black Sox. It is the Black Sox. Yeah, it was 1919, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was I know Black it was Sox. the Chicago team, but okay. So Chicago, maybe. But yeah, no. Hmm. Now I'm confused now. <laughs> oh, maybe it sorry. is the White Sox. So yeah, you know what? It's the Black Sox scandal. That's what it is. Because uh, it, it's like a scandalous, like White Sox. Yeah. So and, like, think of it okay. like that, though. That's that's thirty. That's thirty years after the fact. Granted, it's still some time, but it's still thought, you know, not as highly. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that team is still banned from the, from the Hall of Fame, rather. I don't think that she was Joe Jackson's in there. Of course, they made right. a movie about that, Field of Dreams, too. But Oh, yeah. But that was, that was something I found interesting. But, yeah, I mean, like, I just – I love the – just that atmosphere. And I remember texting you after – because I was like looking at all of the uh, movies that Ray Milland had done, who was the um, actor who played Kelly in it, the professor. Okay. And scrolling up and down on his IMDb, you just notice that the posters for these movies are so much better than the posters today. So much better. Oh, than them. dude. Yeah. Oh. I, there was a period of, and like Drew Strazen, right? He did a lot of like movie posters in the eighties, like seventies, eighties, and it was mostly like the artwork, you know, um, like Indiana Jones, those Star Wars posters, uh, the first Harry Potter. Um, he did a lot of like that really cool art style. Nowadays, you know, movies just put like the actor's face on there and just, you know, like there's not a lot of creativity. I I feel like. Those type of posters are my favorite, like art, like drawing the characters or like painting the characters. And I think that's so cool. And I I love that about old school Hollywood. It's actually one of my favorite things. And And I wish more movies would do that. I'm with you. Like they had like this nice, bright font to go with like all of these movies. And just like if, if two movies came out now and it was a modern day poster and a poster that looked like that, I would probably go for the poster that looked like that. Yeah, it's just more eye catching. It's just it looks like the person that did the poster put a little bit more thought sure. into it. And all those movies back then looked like that. 
just another obstacle oh, yeah. that I had found while while watching it. But I mean, I I can't tell you enough about how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed this. It's probably something I wouldn't necessarily watch again and again and again. But it, it definitely is worth watching at least once for sure. You know what I mean? I don't know. You might feel different. Like you might be able to watch it over and over and over again. But I feel like you watch it once, you get the story. And you can watch it again, but it wasn't like anything. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you watch it once, it's, it's you get it, and it's awesome. You know? I would probably watch um, it again, I think. It, it was fun. Yeah. Now, what would you rate this movie? Like, what are you thinking of rating this? I'm I'm actually going to be really high on this. Uh, yeah? I, I think it, it might be one of my highest reviews. Wow, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm at an 8.9 on it. I enjoyed it that much. I thought it was that good. Oh, no. It, I, really? Yeah. yeah. It, I thought it was that good. I thought it was an, about an 8.9. I mean, it had to be good. It's nominated for an Academy Award for writing. So that alone should have people yeah. checking it out. But yeah, I mean, I was at 8.9. I loved it. That is crazy. Yeah. Now, um, that's pretty good. Like, I, I know the IMDb rating for it is actually 6.8. Wow, yeah, um, I'm a little bit higher than that. For that, yeah. So, which is kind of crazy, because I I actually was feeling about, like, a 5.9 or 6. And I, I think I was going to, like, after everything, I would probably give it a 6, you know? But, mm-hmm. but yeah, the IMDb rating is 6.8. And you're, you gave it an 8.9, which is amazing. Yeah, I'm know? way out of so, it. I'm kind yeah. of curious on what Rotten Tomatoes gave it. I never checked that for this one. Oh, wow. Actually, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, it only has, so it only has six ratings. It actually has 83%. Oh, see? Yeah. The audience that's score is 68%. Good. So, yeah. Yeah, that's actually the first time I'm actually seeing this. I didn't know that. So, but I'm, I'm, after, I'm higher than them, so. Yeah, no, that's a solid score. Now, Chris, with that being said, um, do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, you could just follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com slash fourth cut reviews. Uh, we post a lot of stuff on there, polls, pictures. Uh, we'll be going live on Friday, uh, 9 p.m., I believe. Yeah, is yeah. The, the time. So if you want to enjoy a and fun we'll have another, yes. Oh, go on. And we'll have a special guest on probably on Friday for the Instagram, which is kind of cool. Uh, no stranger to the show, so keep that in yeah. mind. Also, You'll find out about that on Friday um, or Thursday. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, Thursday we'll have another episode dropping, um, which is going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Always, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you can find us wherever Chris said all the stuff Chris just said. So it was perfect, and. I just want to plug my friend's music really fast, Adam Farley Music. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to music. He's one of our good friends uh, and frequent listeners to the show, too, which is awesome. And uh, hopefully we'll be on one of our episodes. But yeah, guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for listening. And I'm EJ Leeson. I'm Chris Conforti, and you've been listening to Fourth Cut Reviews, A Cut Above the Rest.